0: Hello there, gang, and welcome back to The New Blocks. This is episode number seven. Today, we're talking NFTs. They're hot, they're spicy, they're all over the news. And Kevin, we're back with another edition. I'm excited to finally do one of these episodes that is both in line with everything we've talked about so far, but a little more uh, relevant to current news. I mean, it, the last couple of weeks, it's been NFT headline after NFT headline. So uh, I am excited yet again for more of this blockchain love, buddy. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Yeah, we actually didn't have this episode planned this week. I I had it somewhere down the list after DeFi and after a lot of stuff that's going on in in the Ethereum world. And I decided it was probably worth mentioning, considering that NFTs have now hit headlines on just about every news source in existence. So, uh, yeah, I figured it would be good to maybe give people some context. Uh, make sure people have an understanding of what they're reading about and what people are buying and throwing all this money at.
0: They're, uh, they're the next big bubble, so to speak, in the crypto world. And, and I, I mean that kind of jokingly and also sort of honestly. Uh, but what's also cool about NFTs is that they're one of these great examples of blockchain and cryptocurrency in use. It's an actual application. It's something that um, doesn't quite affect our day to day, but um, it's it's a little bit more than just some of the conceptual stuff we've talked about in episodes past. But something that uh, we can wrap our proverbial digital digital fingers around,
1: huh? Our our digital digits.
0: Our Our, our digital digits. Um, (laughs) But one thing, this one, if you're listening to this podcast, audio only, this might be a good one for YouTube. We do have a couple of clips and a few things that we're going to share along the way. So just a little note um, that uh, this, this is a good one if you happen to be an audio only listener for a little bit of video action. Yeah, this is, this is one
1: that's going to be a little bit uh, heavy on the, on the art and on the visual side because uh, we can jump into the explanation. NFTs are what are called non-fungible tokens. Um, and we've talked a little bit in the past about fungibility, but that essentially just means that uh, they are not exchangeable in the same way that if I hold two $1 bills you don't really care which one you receive. So in this sense you do uh, because every NFT is, is is unique in a, in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can think of NFTs as a, as a signed autograph or a certificate of authenticity and ownership uh, for something. So, uh, you know, in, in the real world, when you buy a painting uh, you would expect that the artist may have signed it. um, And, it's important to have proof that the painting that you have is from the real artist and not Mm -hmm. a a secondhand forgery. And so NFT is a concept uh, that takes that into the digital world, where now we can attribute value to uh, digital goods and digital services and digital uh, content types uh, that we wouldn't have been able to do in the past.
0: Okay, so this is sort of almost like digital trading cards, right? That's something that doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people. You have physical trading cards, but a digital pack is just, it's like a slot machine on the screen. We're talking about something that's more of a middle ground between those two things, where it's this. I I, I keep using this term uh, like digital tangible. You know, this like it exists in digital space, but it's identifiable as, hey, this one is mine, and I can prove that this is the the original one on this block, and it's in my wallet address. So it's like this digital certificate. It's like a digital certificate of verification but that there's only one of. So if it's the rights to a song, it's you know that that artist has only put out one NFT for that song, or however many they choose. I guess they could choose to do a limited run, right? It's sort of like a limited edition run of merchandise, but digital instead of um, an actual hat.
1: Yeah. And that's what makes NFTs uh, maybe confusing at first, uh, because they are flexible. It's programmable money, it's programmable value, and it's Uh, People have the ability to create uh, one NFT that is unique to their art or they could do a limited print run where they say, "Okay, I have a new uh, new album that I want to release and I'm going to sell a thousand copies of this NFT. So uh, similarly, you can do uh, you can do all the same sorts of things in the real world now that you can do. Uh, in the digital world, mm-hmm. um, so a couple of examples of this. You mentioned digital trading cards; that's a great example. Um, any sort of collectibles really work into this model of an NFT because mm-hmm. it's it, NFTs as uh, as uh, a new f- form of digital uh, value are really just a way for fans to show uh, appreciation for content creators of any type. So we've seen mm-hmm. uh, musicians releasing NFT albums, Um, we've seen video NFTs, digital art uh, is is huge right now, um, with uh, the idea that like, if if you have an artist that you're a fan of, um, and previously, the only way that they would have been able to make money is by releasing, you know, physical copies of their artwork. Mm -hmm. Now they can do purely digital art and have it attributed to value. But like some of these other examples, uh, anything, it's really any content type. It's anything that uh, can hold value that isn't shaped like a currency. So uh, Mm -hmm. like podcasts, for instance, Um, I saw recently there was an instance of someone like tokenizing a podcast episode, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, domain names and in-game assets, even physical items that could be uh, purchasable where you would buy the NFT and then you would prove that you've uh, burnt the NFT, uh, which just means sending it to this address that nobody owns. And that essentially tells whatever the company is that, that okay, they want to, to redeem their NFT right. for this physical item. So it's we're seeing a lot happening right now.
0: Huh. So, basically, it all what what I'm hearing is that it kind of boils down to this collectors type thing. That that's the fundamental value here. It's a it's a collectors type mentality, and, and this like. I remember when the ICOs were happening, there were a couple, uh, one of them, I think, ended up getting funded in the esports space where it's like esports baseball cards, essentially, for different players. And you open packs and some can be shiny and holographic. And there's a whole rare system and it's like collect the whole set. And there's a new set that comes out every season. And I remember seeing it and thinking, I don't really get this. Like, Who cares about these stupid cards? Like they have no intrinsic value so why are they ever going to have any value but then 3 years removed it's like if you've got the whole set that you could only buy from this window at this period of time with you know this dice roll then wow that's a thing that kicks in with that collectors i don't know there's something about humans man we love collecting stuff i don't i don't know what we it do. is Yeah, I'm right there with you, too.
1: (laughs) One of the popular examples right now um, in NBA, they have what they're called top shots. And it's just clips of um, of of different players, you know, dunking different like plays. You can tell I'm more of a gamer. I'm not really a sports ball kind of guy. But (laughs) um, yeah, so that's a popular one. Um, But yeah, it's, it's really anything that can be uh you'll hear the term tokenized in this area mm-hmm. it just means that you're tying a cryptocurrency or an nft to something of value so an example of uh if i wanted to tokenize my home it means that i'm tying the lease uh or the title to an nft and if you mm-hmm. own the nft you are owning the the house or the physical yeah. good
0: but um T- tokenized just means to make something in nft because it's non-fungible token so it's just the verb form yeah. of tokenize it crunchitize me you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and so you can you know tokenize access to, to uh, services you can tokenize uh, uh, any anything that we've talked about so far it's uh, another term that you'll hear a lot okay. um, maybe it's worth going into a couple examples here
0: okay uh, let's do it so yeah talk to me about this auction at, at Christie's Christie's is a name some of you might recognize because uh, I, I think that's a pretty reputable um, auction, right? Just in general, and here we've got yeah. uh, the Beeple NFT,
1: yeah. So Christie's is a, a big uh, art auction house in, in the art community, and this is one of their first uh, forays into selling digital goods. And so, in this case, there's this artist called Beeple, he, he's a uh, mainly digital artist that has been releasing what he calls dailies uh, every day for for years now. And so um, it's just the, what was sold at Christie's uh, was sold for $69 million uh, is an image of his first 5,000 pieces of art kind of smashed together. Um, And it includes, you know, I guess it's just sort of a progress of of all his first 5,000 days. Um, And this for, for $69 million for what is essentially a JPEG, uh, this <laughs> threw people for a loop because, you know, uh, this isn't something that has been possible before. And, and now people are throwing money uh, at images. Uh, but again, it's this idea of because uh, Beeple as an artist has been in the NFT community now for a while, mm-hmm. he, he's sort of uh, built a name for himself in this community. And so owning some Jack of Craig. his everydays. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. there's... There's street cred to it. Now,
0: when you say it's just a JPEG, though, buddy, to be fair, it's a twenty-one thousand by twenty-one thousand pixel image. <laughs> it's a hell of a JPEG. I, I mean, it it's, is, it's, it is yeah.
1: definitely a nice JPEG. I'll, I'll give him that.
0: Um, all <laughs> right. So, what else do we have, though? Oh, this is a cool one. Uh, the Jack Dorsey tweet. Um, yeah. Our buddy Jack, Go. the the CEO of Twitter. All right. Uh, we've heard of him. We've seen him on a podcast or two. Uh, he NFTed, tokenized the first tweet ever. Just set not much. His Twitter. first tweet. His I think. First, Oh, yeah. that was just his first tweet, not the first tweet ever. May,
1: good question. It might be both, but yeah, either way, it's his. It's his. But uh, sold for about two point five million.
0: You're right. It's his uh, very first tweet. I think you're right. I'm sorry. I I misspoke.
1: Yeah, but it, either way, it's a tweet, and it sold for two point five million. Um, so I, I <laughs> it's worth using this as a as a second to pause because, um. We're talking about millions of dollars getting thrown around for what could be seen as uh, kind of ridiculous things, right? Um, Like to to really own a tweet doesn't mean like if the person that bought this tweet, they don't get to do really anything. They can't delete his tweet. They don't have copyright ownership of his tweet. But they own what could be seen as kind of a trophy uh, in that, you know, he's 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 the yeah. person that purchased this, he or she is uh, now the holder of the the NFT tied to the tweet.
0: It's a weird concept. It's a representation of the tweet, not the actual tweet itself. Yeah, and you yeah, can't and so- do anything with it. It's not it. it, it <laughs> it's by definition functionless, right? It, it, it's yeah. purely just representative of a concept. So it's it's a bit meta. But when you think about why did it sell for so much? Honestly, because there were just a handful of people that really valued it as, "Hey, this is a first of its kind." If you think the NFT bubble is going to grow over the next five to ten years, I, you could sort of see the concept behind that investment. Then you get two or three rich people that have a couple hundred million in the bank, or maybe a, close to a billion, all of a sudden spending that on a you know some token for a tweet. Is it's all relative, right? If Michael Jordan had spent that amount of money, would we go? Oh my God! It's like yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a lot of money, but it's not like a lot of money to Michael Jordan or Oprah or somebody to that scale. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: it's 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 we're seeing a lot of rich people playing rich people games, um, but that's it, we're also seeing a lot of sort of over exuberance around uh, this being a new. Uh, store well. It's hard to say that it's a store of value, right? Like we don't know for any of these given uh, particular items if they will store value in the same way that uh, that something like Bitcoin or or other currencies would. Right. Um, But like, you know, the the fine art community does use art as a store of value in that sense. People that buy paintings um, that like don't even hang them up. They just keep them uh, with a third party custodian that like owns the painting. They're they're doing it to to store value in a sense. So I think that's what we're seeing a bit of people kind of anticipating they'll be able to resell some of this stuff. It makes Um, a lot of
0: sense for fine art, I think.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, but let's let's go to another example. We talked a little bit about physical items before. Mm. Um, Unisox is a is a good example. So first, uh, worth defining Uniswap. Uniswap was the first decentralized exchange on Ethereum. Um, we'll probably do a whole episode about them at some point. But um, because they sort of became a big deal in Ethereum, uh, they had... Uh, a while back released this limited run of, I think it was like 300 uh, socks. And if you wanted to buy a pair of socks, you had to buy this NFT first. Um, And then you would, as I said earlier, uh, burn it if you want to redeem that and they'll send you your pair of socks. Well, I mean, right now, I think they were going for something like $80,000. Earlier this week, it was like 130,000. So (laughs) uh, tokens that are redeemable for a pair of socks um, again, uh, we're, we're seeing some some exuberance here because so, this was like one of the first physical NFTs.
0: But yeah, so it, it's like the the Bitcoin Pizza we talked about. So it's iconic for you know impractical reasons, but it, it is proving the point that you could do an NFT that has some intrinsic value, right? It's not just for it's a it is a collector's thing because it's rare and limited. But um, at some point, somebody could buy it to cash it in because these are the best socks in the world or what, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Let's
1: let's go through one more kind of ridiculous example. Uh, This I wanted to throw this one in here because it just happened earlier today. Elon Musk uh, released a song about NFTs as an NFT. Um, Yeah, I thought this was
0: a joke when I saw it. I (laughs) I really did. Let's uh, let's play it here. We got a little music going. It's a spinning golden trophy that says like HODL and computers. Yep. Computers never sleep. It's a two minute and 20 second long video. Yeah. Um, Pretty funky baseline there.
1: Sure. It's going to do well. Who knows? Uh, Like I said, this was released today. I have no idea what this is going to go for, but I won't be surprised if it's a lot. Um, So these are sort of the, the examples of, um, you know, uh, Early days hype craze, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you want to call it uh, th- these are some like some more more absurd examples but um, maybe let's transition into some some earlier examples maybe some more serious use cases that people might want to try out
0: okay. Um, yeah, let's do it. One of them is this: is games, right? And this is something that's yep. been on my radar. I want to take a moment here because I, I don't know if I even mentioned this in the last episode, but like two or three years ago, kind of during the ICO boom, um, Jenkins Dota, somebody from the Dota space, is a pretty popular YouTuber and analyst. Uh, he's also a computer science guy into blockchain. Uh, we were all kind of taken aback by CryptoKitties when it was popping off, and we had some ideas to try to build a blockchain game ourselves, and we did a little. Beta test of a game called Ether Dilemma uh, or Ether Dilemma, I guess is really how you should pronounce it, uh, and it's just a prisoner's dilemma simulation that we did in real time on the blockchain. And doing the live beta was kind of cool. It was neat to actually see people interfacing, like as the blocks roll over and stuff, to like do these transactions, and it was janky as hell, but it was a pretty cool <laughs> little use case. Um, but we also had an idea for a, a collector's game with these rocks, crypto geodes, and you have a little mining machine and the miner... Pet you, rocks. Yeah, well, sort of, but it was deflationary. So you'd have these rocks, and then mm. you would use the rocks to like buff up your miner, like the diamonds you could use as a drill bit so your drill could go mm. deeper and then mine better stuff. So you're always... like mining rocks and then consuming rocks to mine more rocks. So it's just this endless (laughs) cycle of rock collection, but they can get like special dice rolls and be rare. And they had like a, a pristine scale. So they could be like one to 10 and you could breed them you could mash them together to make new rocks like cryptokitties style um but should have built it you could have could have been the next yeah, big well, rock game i mean the same problems they're having now with like really high gas fees and the blockchain is really yeah. hard to use and it's unstable as hell it's it's not consistent like we ran into a lot of issues and we kind of gave up and then got distracted by dota again and then made a bunch of money doing dota stuff instead so a little bit of regret but at the same time like we gave it an honest try it was really hard the programming was difficult there aren't a lot of libraries there's like no documentation um but looking back it's like those games are actually one of the best applications of these nfts where the own like that the users have some digital ownership over the assets they're using in the game. Those assets have inherent value because of the game. People like playing games that makes them want to use this stuff. It's it's very akin to Dota and these other games that we play, except instead of Valve owning all the hats and being able to just turn that Valve off one day when they want to if they don't like you anymore, um, here in this case, you would own all those rocks. We can't ban you from the rocks. They're in your wallet. It's um, yeah. So it, it is a cool... Um, a cool application of digital ownership that actually has um like a meaningful application in relation to the gaming space. Yep, totally. Yeah. So some of the games <laughs> that we should we should chat for a second here. Um,
1: I mean, some of these have been around for years. Um, just because NFTs are blowing up now doesn't mean that they are brand new. Um, Axie Infinity is a really great example of one that's just been around for a while, and it's like a polished, complete game at this point. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, yeah, did you want to take a second to talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, Axie is pretty cool. And this is one they started at a similar time when we were making these games, uh, like the, the Crypto Geodes and other Dilemma stuff. Um, and it's it's like kind of a card game. It, it's sort of a Crypto Kitties, has a little bit of Neopets vibe. Uh, but it's that that same idea where you can buy these Axies and then they in the universe, they can battle and they can fight in the adventure story mode game that they created. Um, and then of course you can breed them and there's a whole market around the genetic dice roll of the different axes and then d- the different abilities that they get as a result of those genetics um, it, it's pretty cool stuff there's a pretty robust uh, economy for it despite the gas fees being really high to to move axes around on the blockchain
1: yeah and i mean i think it's a good example of of uh, NFTs that are uh, like in a way upgradable and or sort of like reward mm-hmm. you for for using them and playing. Um, I think that's what makes NFTs particularly exciting to me. It's that, um, you know, there there hasn't really been a, a, a previous sort of real world equivalent of like a money or something that could be upgraded. And th- this is like a great use case where, yeah, you can like buy... Um, you can buy assets and attach them to your NFTs. You can combine NFTs and upgrade them in different mm-hmm. ways. So I think this is a good example.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, and it's neat that you can actually build a fun game on top of it, right? Like we've heard of these different uh, crypto games or uh, games I use in air quotes where like you just buy a plot of land and then it just kind of sits there and there's no real utility to it. You're just sort of buying this thing because it's scarce and you're hoping other people will also want it, in fact, want it more than you because it's scarce. And here we're talking about stuff that has some some function. It's still in a gaming sense, but it it does something, right?
1: Yeah, and and that plot of land is is a good segue uh, into another example called Decentraland, uh, which oh, yeah. started out exactly as you described. It was essentially just a grid, uh, kind of you could think of it like a spreadsheet. And uh, in order to buy land on that grid, you would you know send your ether. I think they have a, a token there called land. I'm sorry, uh, mana that you would then use to buy land. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started out as like you know, bare bones, really nothing you could do. And over time, they've added a lot to it. Um, So, you know, because you own the NFT for a given plot of land, now there's this whole VR component where you can build whatever you want on that plot of land. So we're seeing a lot of art galleries popping up, people showing off their NFT art. we're seeing uh Atari they they just recently uh, released or, or announced their um digital arcade that exists purely in Decentraland. That's so, pretty I mean, cool. It is pretty neat. I mean it's we're getting to a place that's really like the metaverse like that's the end goal for a lot of these uh sort of projects is like mm-hmm. you know uh, the company that's making Decentraland, they don't own any of the stuff that's that's on that platform, like all of the users do, and mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what allows for allows us to get to a place toward uh, essentially like a metaverse, you know, Ready Player One style world.
0: Yeah. That would yeah. be pretty cool, man. I hope it happens in our lifetime. Um, so, so where can you actually buy these? And and I guess maybe this is a cool conversation because there's there's multiple e- exchanges, if you will, minting presses to create these NFTs. So it, it's not centralized. Like think about internet domains right like there's one place that we go that they all have to register through so it's kind of centralized and it's controlled to some way Uh, and this is one drawback to the decentralization there's multiple ways to create nfts so in theory we could have multiple nfts for the same thing right
1: yeah so this is where it gets uh a pretty you know Complicated. I think it's worth looking around in a few of these. Um, there's a lot of different marketplaces, a lot of different uh, platforms that you can use to mint NFTs. Um, just to name a few really quickly OpenSea is a really popular um, sort of like the, you could think of it like the eBay uh, gen- general NFT uh, buying and selling. There's Rarible, Mintable, Maker's Place, uh, Super Rare. Uh, Nifty Gateway is one I was just seeing earlier today. It just got hacked um people are losing their uh, nfts on their account this is a great reminder not your keys not your crypto Uh, if you use one of these services um, oftentimes they will allow you to either have the uh, nft sent to your wallet or just have it maintained custody by the the marketplace you know this is something you need to think about if you want to get into the nft game really consider like if you want to leave that on the centralized custodian because Mm -hmm. this, this stuff happens, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different, um, a lot of different marketplaces that are, that are popping up now, uh, in terms of like the idea of many different NFTs, um, in a, for a piece of like for any given asset, um, like NFTs have some standards around them. Um, in the Ethereum community, it's, there's, uh, ERC-721 is like the common, I don't know how technical our, our viewers are, but like that's a common NFT standard. But um, yeah, this idea that like uh, there could be multiple pieces that are uh, attributed to different NFTs and, and we'll get into that in a little bit in the lightning round. Um, but I, I just want to hit on one final point here. I mean, uh, all the stuff that we're talking about is like what's happening today. Um, in particular, NFTs are something where I think we are going to see their use cases evolve a lot over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you try to think about the total addressable market of NFTs, it's literally anything that you can attribute value to, right? It's like as be as creative as you want because um, you can essentially yeah. tokenize it um, and you can make it upgradable and you can, you
0: know, gate keep or
1: provide access to things.
0: One gap I think that still exists, and I realized this the other day, just playing Axie Infinity, um, there's a lack of visualization for NFTs on a technical level. And that's the part that I think is really rudimentary. And when you feel like like you're playing Axie Infinity. Yeah, I'm buying an NFT each time I buy one or anytime I sell one, I'm selling an NFT. But it feels like I'm buying a little creature because on their website, it's a very well-built interface that pulls off the blockchain and each one has a different genetic code. And that genetic code creates the visualization of the Axie. So there's like there's a system to it, right? And yeah. that makes it feel real because you can visualize it in a way that has this like intrinsic value. So... For a song yeah. or something, who's to say there isn't a future where that gives you access to like, you know, maybe on Twitch or the future decentralized version of Twitch, you can play that song on your stream because you can prove you have the rights to the NFT, right? That's like a, a yeah. weird use case example of, of ways that we could start to build this interface layer on top. The NFTs are like the very basic foundation of just saying, hey, I digitally own this. What you can do with it beyond there we're still working on building that pyramid and we're at like the base level of construction. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think like just, just the general idea of a new set of tools for creators to monetize their work. I think it's really interesting because um, I mean, your, your mind could immediately go toward the potential um, like downsides of, you know, uh, digital ownership and this world where, like you, um, everyone is like, you know, staking their claim for a different land. But but also on the flip side, like this is an entirely new model for things like um, for things like royalties. It's a really great example where mm. right now in the in the traditional music world, for you to get royalties means that you're going through third parties where they, you know, cut you a physical check and mail it to you, and you get like two pennies for every X number of listens, like all of this can now be automated in a way that um, if people wanted to sell his next piece of art and say like, okay, now all subsequent sales of this NFT, give me uh 0.1%, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that way it's all automated and it's all on chain and it's all like auditable in a way that you can know what you're getting into as you're doing it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, I think it's, Ultimately, it's going to be a big mainstream gateway to crypto to some degree. And I think we're going to yeah. see a lot of different use cases in it.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And it, it, you know we're seeing the beginning of it right now. Excited to uh, see where it goes. But what do you say we dive into some lightning round, big guy? Yeah, sounds All like right. a great idea. So um, what about theft? Like what happens if I create the NFT for art that I don't own? If I do some research, this reminds me of like trademark smurfing a little bit where like, hey, Beyond the Summit's created this great brand. They haven't filed a trademark yet. Dummies, I'm going to file it. And then I'm going to make a claim against you because you weren't smart enough to file it first. Are NFTs like similar to that? Could I just file an NFT for the, the Mona Lisa or something?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. So I think uh, remember that NFTs are a signature, uh, that there is a signature connected to the NFT. That doesn't necessarily mean that is the signature of the original artist. And Mm. all of the existing copyright laws don't just, you know, bow down to this new (laughs) technology. Like if you steal something that's theft. Uh, and so I think, especially if you steal something and place it on an immutable ledger that can't be removed, like that's, you know, that, um, evidence of your theft that can't be uh, erased. That's so true. I, I, okay. Yeah. So I think like, <laughs> uh, what we're going to see more so is just this merge of, of smart contracts and legal contracts in a way that, um, you know, ties these new digital tokens to, um, to you know existing frameworks for law and that allows um the ability to trace back uh who minted what and yeah at the end of the day like be be very sure if you're gonna drop money on an nft that you are actually buying it from the right person from the artist right makes sense so uh, can i just you know we we saw this image uh of the Beeple's 69 million dollar uh artwork can't I just right click and hit save, or just take a screenshot of that? And don't I technically own that?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's another good question. I think this is a very foundational. Like when I first was thinking about NFTs, that was my thought. I think when I saw Jack Dorsey's thing, like how can you sell the tweet? What are you selling? I I, I don't get the tweet. I just get like these. Digit this digital certificate that says, Here you go, man. This is connected to the tweet because I said so, and I'm Jack Dorsey. <laughs> um, but it is like the difference of owning the Mona Lisa versus owning a copy of it. So, uh, in terms of the aesthetics of you being able to look at that screenshot, yeah, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. But in terms of proving on the blockchain that one person that owns that real digital copy that is. Uh, you know digitally analogous to owning that one copy in the real world you can't fake that you can't clone that so no a screenshot is not one-to-one in that regard you can screenshot my wallet all day long it ain't gonna move that asset from my wallet to your wallet baby yep exactly and that's everyone's first question that was my first question and people will continue to ask that question but it's a good question um So what about the similar logic here? If you buy an NFT for, let's say, I buy Jack Dorsey's tweet, then he deletes it. He still owns the tweet. He's allowed to do that, right? What's yeah. this NFT worth? What is it even representative of if the tweet gets deleted?
1: <laughs> yeah, and we're already seeing this. I saw someone essentially did that as sort of a, an experiment where they sold <laughs> How a bunch of their How can tweets your customers and get? <laughs> yeah, and, and they went ahead and like rug pulled everyone and, and deleted the tweet. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a real thing. And so depending on the medium, the thing that you're buying, keep that in mind. Um, for images, though, we're seeing something interesting. Um, there's a protocol called IPFS called uh, Interplanetary File System, and it's an alternative to HTTP. Um, and essentially, you can think of it kind of like uTorrent, uh, BitTorrent, where um, it's a it's a file sharing and uh, accessibility protocol. Where if I upload an image to IPFS, it sort of propagates through the network uh, through all the different nodes on the network, and it has its fingerprinted address where I can go retrieve it. Um, and so people are using IPFS as a way to link to images, essentially mm-hmm. to uh, make it more difficult for that concept. Like if I were to just link it to my website and say like, Hey, do you want to buy this NFT? Um, but under the hood, it's just like something that I can remove. That's, you know, that's not going to be as useful or, or, or interesting compared to using a, pr- a protocol like IPFS. So mm. yep. Just more stuff that's kind of getting built out. So,
0: okay. All right. So bumpy, but there's options.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so next question are NFTs just the next ICOs? The the 2017 initial coin offerings were were kind of the last uh, bubble that we saw in crypto. Is that is that just NFTs now?
0: Yeah, it feels like blockchain and crypto love their bubbles, but I think technology at large loves bubbles. You know, it's a symptom yeah. of a, a broader aspect here. Anything that's cutting edge bubbles in this way, where people don't want to be left behind, but then things still need some work before they can really be mass adopted. Um, so yeah, there's absolutely Yeah, absolutely there Yeah, totally some parallels, though. Um, ICOs and NFTs both. There are some legitimate things at the foundational level. The basic technology is cool, but that definitely opens up the gate for some imitators and some people that just want to test the waters to see what they can get away with. Um, And also just the idea of something being valuable just based purely on prospects of other people thinking it's valuable. I think that's maybe the biggest parallel. There are a lot of ICOs that were basically all prospects, never really delivered anything, And they weren't a scam in the sense that they intended to run away from the money or with the money. But they were a scam in the sense that they never really had the stuff lined up to deliver the insane scope that they would sort of promise in these massive 40 page white papers. Um, NFTs are, are very cutting edge and not that carved out. And I think now ICOs have had enough time that we've seen the good ones come to fruition, right? Like Brave Web Browser is the one, one example I always bring up, backed by the CEO of Mozilla Firefox um, and one that I think they hit their fundraising goals and they actually made the web browser, right? You can install it, you can use it. It's got some issues. It's not so fun to watch YouTube on, but hey, they made the thing they said they were going to make, right? That was a, a use of the crowdfund uh, with the ICO as planned. So um, ICOs have had that time. NFTs are still, they're pretty, they're not so ripe yet. You know, they're they're little, little baby seedlings still, I'd say. In yeah. Comparison. And I think like
1: my recommendation for people is buy an NFT for the price that you value it at and don't buy it just because you're expecting that you'll be able to resell it for a higher price because you might not be able to. Uh, like, yeah. don't, Don't treat don't make ICOs. I'm sorry, don't make NFTs the next ICOs and don't put yourself in a situation where you're, you know, putting in more money than you're interested in losing. So buy something that you that you like. There's there's plenty going on here in this
0: space. Yeah, no no guarantees. Um, But last question we got here. um, Aren't NFTs contributing to this big issue about the planet being on fire? Um, there's some nasty articles out there talking about the dark side of cryptocurrency, all the electricity it takes to run the miners to keep the blockchain going. How do NFTs contribute to that electrical mess?
1: Yeah, I I think this is a good question because there's a lot of uh, sensationalized headlines going around right now as NFTs have kind of exploded in the last couple of weeks. Um, you're seeing a lot of a lot of hate uh, with with numbers like. I saw one article that was saying how NFTs uh, are the equivalent of burning uh, the average household's electricity for 77 years, and <laughs> a, lot, um, a lot of years. Uh, there's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> misinformation uh, that's going around about uh, NFTs. So let me first take a second and talk about like what that's founded on. So similar to Bitcoin, Ethereum currently uses proof of work as a consensus mechanism. And that is electrically uh, intensive. So it burns electricity to secure the network. Um, But the rate at which the electricity is burned is a separate function from what's occurring on the blockchain. So when you uh, are using Ethereum, you are sending transactions. NFTs are no different than any other transactions if I send you money, uh, if I am... Interacting with a smart contract using some sort of DeFi application; these are all transactions, and the amount of electricity that's burnt is entirely separate from whether the the blockchain has uh, like its new blocks are entirely filled to capacity with new transactions, or if you know there's not much going on for a given block and, and there's mm-hmm. no transactions. So. Um, it's important to note, though, that from day one, Ethereum has planned to move to proof of stake because of this problem, exactly. Um, and a lot of people that are just now from the outside hearing about NFTs are sort of like pointing to global warming and saying that, um, that Ethereum or that NFTs in particular are contributing to it. And currently mm-hmm. they are. And that's, that's not great but this is exactly why proof of stake has been in the cards for a long time now. And, and proof of stake is already in place today. Uh, the, the new stake, uh, uh, the new proof of stake chain exists. Um, and Hmm. they're in the middle of the process to remove the proof of work chain. Um, and it's, it's a very complicated process that I won't go into detail here, but it's, uh, it's done in phases for that reason. And so, um, The latest estimates were by end of year we will be done with proof of work, which means that all of DeFi, all of NFTs, all of Ethereum and anything that's built on Ethereum will stop burning electricity for the sake of it. Um, But even just in the last week, there's been a lot of arguments uh, going on about some unrelated topic in Ethereum that may actually end up pushing that transition to be even sooner. So hopefully it happens as soon as possible. But, you know, let's uh, take some of these some of these articles with a grain of salt uh, okay. and know that, you know, very bright people are trying to solve this problem very actively.
0: So, the, the TLDR on that one is that the Ethereum network uses a lot of electricity right now with proof of work. We all know this. NFTs don't make it better or worse. They're, they just it, you're just using Ethereum. The Ethereum network is staying afloat regardless of whether or not we're using it for NFTs. So, yeah. It's it's just kind of there. It's it's a wash. They're not disproportionately having some grave effect on bogging down the network. The NFTs yeah. aren't the reason gas prices are through the roof right now.
1: Yeah, and like as someone who is also passionate about climate change, I would not be at all interested in Ethereum. If that weren't the case, if that mm-hmm. wasn't the plan from day one to move mm-hmm. to Proof of Stake, and I know m- most of the people that I interact with that are also into Ethereum feel the same way, like th- this has been in the cards for a while. So right, all right, um, yeah. So, so
0: yeah, what else is there? Anything else about NFTs? Is that kind of is is that a good starter at least for people to try to wrap their brains around the, the latest craze here in the blockchain universe?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a lot to talk about here. Um, I. The, there's a media company called the defiant that just put out a, a youtube film called the greatest nft film ever made if you're interested in learning more about nfts i think that's a really great resource mm. uh, check that out free on youtube but um yeah i think that that wraps it up
0: very new as well i was just watching that the other day that came out like a week ago or something so it's very fresh information yeah. uh that goes deep into the nft world but uh, per usual, I appreciate all y'all tuning in here, whether it's on YouTube or uh, the audio world alike. You know where to find us by now, iTunes, Spotify, and subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash TV. We appreciate you. It's been a blast so far, and we'll be back again next week for another episode. Until next time, Kevin, we'll see you then. Until next time.